Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. The 2021 NFL Draft is in the books. Georgia breaks a couple of school records. Most players taken in the first three rounds. Most players taken in seven rounds. Big time for Georgia. Got off to a little bit of a slow start. You get their 20-25 picks, and, and no Georgia players were taken. Then Eric Stokes goes at 29. Tyson Campbell at 33. Aziz Ojolari at 50. And then three more Georgia players go in the 90s. We're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about the 2022 NFL draft and the current players who will be eligible, uh, who we like there. And then uh, to end the show, we got a little recruiting talk, and and Georgia added a a big-time commitment uh, over the weekend, uh, right there at the end of last week, and we're going to get to that as well. But, Rusty, when you look at that 2021 NFL draft, what stood out to you? Uh, obviously, Eric Stokes going, you know, me and Kip talked about on the pre-podcast last week for the pre-draft uh, podcast that we felt like Eric Stokes was kind of the guy. You know, when when you start looking at apples to oranges and apples to apples with with him and Tyson Campbell, you know, I felt like that the immediate up ceiling on, on, on the two players, regardless of rankings or what, I just – I'm just a huge Eric Stokes fan. I'm telling you, it would not surprise me to see him – end up a very, very, very good NFL player. He just got tremendous ball skills. Anything completed on him had to be had to be perfect. Mac Jones had a couple on him, but they were damn good throws right you know, first round draft pick. So I think Stokes going was was a kind of a pat on the back to me and Kip for that podcast you talked about last week. I think you look at um Aziz falling. Of course we don't get medicals, so we don't really know you know, what they saw there, but it cost him a few spots. But in the end, he's still going to get paid a, a, a large amount. I, I just think that uh, Trey McKitty was a surprise for me. You know, going third round tells you he can run. Everybody else there kind of, uh, you know, where they were projected. Monty a little bit quicker than than the fourth. And, and, and I got a little bit of information on, you know, Thursday or Wednesday that people, people in the NFL fall a little higher on Monty than those mock drafts. Uh, so, you know, he ends up going what, mid-third and, Trey Hill sliding to the six. Don't really know, you know, why that was. I figured he would be a maybe a fourth, possibly fifth, but he goes into sixth. And again, he'll be fine uh, where he goes. But you got to love Richard account, man, teaming back up with Nick Chubb. Jake, you talked about it last week. You just said you felt like somebody was going to take a chance on him because of game tape, not his workout, because of game tape. Uh, kudos to Cleveland. I think, man, with Chubb and Richard account there, they're going. It's funny they're so different. You know, Richard just talks nonstop and he's a great dude. But 
you know, Nick don't say much at all. So uh, that's going to be cool to have those two kids uh, from the state of Georgia and University of Georgia uh, playing for Cleveland in the dog pound, you know, going to have one of the, you know, perennial favorites next year as a Cleveland Browns got everybody coming back and adding some key pieces. So, you know, that's fun for those guys to see them go and, you know, happy for all those guys. My only question for you, Jake, is what do you think the hunting grounds are going to be like in Baltimore, Maryland for my man being Cleveland? You know, I don't know anything about hunting in Maryland. I he'll be able to fish. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'll be uh, keen. He'll be able to wet a hook out there. Um, uh, he's probably going to, you know, if I know Ben like I think I know Ben, I've known him for a long time. And uh, I know his dad, too. And, and let me tell you something. Um, very happy people. Very proud people right now. Um, you know, small town, Tacoa. Um, you know, for Ben to have had the hype that he had for so long for him to get that opportunity and to get a good one. I mean, you know, if you would have saw Ben when he was 14 years old, you would have said, oh, man, this cat's going to, you know, be a first round draft pick. And, and you don't really realize when you say stuff like that, how hard it is to get there. But for him to be one of the top 100 players taken in this draft, uh, you know, 94 overall, um, I think it's a tremendous fit to where he's going. Um, you know, in, in Baltimore, uh, you know, that organization is ran first class. Um, they, they seem to kill it every draft. And I love that pick for him. I think that that's a really good fit for, for him. And, and uh, you know, getting to play with a guy like Lamar Jackson and, and uh, you know, getting to play under a, a head coach like John Harbaugh, that's tremendous. Uh, but uh, I, I shared some texts with Derek Cleveland um, over the weekend, and he was like, man, I'm just waiting on somebody to pinch me. This is unreal. And that's what you – really love to hear out of a draft like that and he's gonna get he's gonna eat a lot of them crab that's for sure you know a lot of I'm a, I'm a big fan of the wire and and that's one thing you saw throughout that whole show was them munching on that crab uh so crab cakes you know boiled crab stewed crab uh, steamed whatever he's I got a feeling Ben's gonna eat his body weight in one of those within a year um but yeah that I just thought that that late that late day two flurry I mean, let me tell you something from our point of view, from my point of view. Man, do you want to know – me and Kip were hopping right there in about 20 minutes, 30 minutes when oh, three yeah. Georgia players just yeah. bam, bam, bam. I mean, Rice and – one pick separated Monty Rice and, and Ben Cleveland, and then, you know, three or four picks separate Ben Cleveland and and, and Trey McKitty. And, uh, you know, I, I too was surprised Trey McKitty went that high. I saw a lot of mocks taking him that high, and – you know, to me, it goes to show how valuable the senior bowl is because sure. he did so well there and didn't have a ton of production as a senior at George, didn't have a ton of production in his college career, but he certainly looks the part. I mean, you want to talk about hand size, 11 inch hands. I mean, he's got massive mitts, really good athlete. And we said uh, on the podcast, cut from a different cloth, man, just kind of a, a different guy in terms of his, his ability to learn and and uh and and catch on and then you know as far as the early picks go stokes doesn't surprise me at all you know i i i, I was always kind of a head scratcher you know tyson campbell you know you when you're when you do what we do you you're at the mercy of draft analysis because these guys are, are tuned in with nfl draft guys and you know that's why i have so much respect for mel kuyper and todd mcshay i don't care how many guys they get right in a mock draft i have to depend on their you know, analysis and buzz and Matt Miller and, and, uh, you know, Daniel Jeremiah and all those guys. And, uh, you know, the, for, for Campbell to have gotten all the buzz coming in and then Stokes get drafted 29, but I guess it shows you how close they were that, you know, th that only four picks separated them. 
um, there in the draft and for Campbell to go uh, first in the second round. Uh, I'd had no idea about Aziz Ojolari's medicals. Like you said, Rusty, we we're not privy to those. I had no ideas about it, but I tell you what, whoever, you know, whoever was going to get him there on day two was going to get a big value. And again, it's the Giants. And the Giants have become, you know, NFL Georgia at this point. Five picks, you know, only four are still around because of the DeAndre Baker situation. But, man, the Giants sure love them some Georgia Bulldogs, and it's kind of funny. Kevin Sher is over coaching linebackers, Rusty. Kevin Sher recruited him uh, from Marietta High School to Georgia. Lorenzo Carter's up there. I mean, you know, regardless of how it ended. Tay Crowder. They got they got three Georgia linebackers. You look at um, Baker was there as well at corner. So, um, you know, you look at this whole deal. And uh, you know, that that staff is extremely Alabama heavy, SEC conference heavy, and man, they're going there. I mean, that's where they're dipping into their their thing there. So, kind of cool uh, to see Lorenzo Carter and Azizo Jalari for a little while at least on the same team, and 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 Tay Crowder and you know all these guys. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. Uh, it's hard to believe that Azizo Jalari is is draft eligible i mean i remember going to see him play you know in the playoffs senior year and they made a run there a little bit and fortunately got the, the acl at north Gwinnett. i was there it was a nine it was just a he was just pursuing a play you know and towards acl but it didn't bother me georgia and had a great career for georgia so uh that, that's really cool to to see uh all those giants um together on one team for sure from georgia let me ask you a question real quick is it going to shock you if we look back in five years and, you know, provided Aziz's body holds up for the entirety of the first contract, if we look back in five years and we're thinking, man, that, that's, in the, that's in the running for the pick of the draft. That's in the running for value pick. Hey, we're lucky he fell to us at 50. It, it, it won't me because, like I said, you got a first-round talent there, first-round production last year, you get him at 50. Would it surprise you if that's what we're what we're talking about in four or five years? No, because he plays one of those three premium positions: rushing the passer, protecting the passer, or the quarterback. And those guys are the ones that get paid. Um, you know, he's a guy that if, with sack. If sack production is there, those guys make the money. We can go down the you can go down the NFL list right now. You take quarterbacks out and you start looking at those salaries, and you look at those pass rushers and those guys that can go out and get it and create havoc. So. You know, we know he's a tough dude. Um, everybody sees the Alabama clip where he just freaking stones the pulling guard. You don't know how hard that is as a – Giving up 100 you know, pounds. Hey, and to stay square in the hole, you know, everybody tells you don't turn, but you know that guy's coming, and you just deliver a blow to him and just stone the guy. I mean, it's just uh, – that's, that's part of what's going to be in the NFL. It's a contact sport. It's a man-on-man, just grown man sport. So – uh, but but a great kid, man. Great kid. His brother, too, B.J. Ojolari. Great, great kid at LSU. He's going to be another superstar, you know, in two more years. They're going to have another Ojolari being a high draft pick. No question about it and, and, and no hesitation in saying that. So, very, very cool. And uh, absolutely, he has potential to be a big-time money guy on this second one because he plays, he plays a premium position. So, in about four weeks, Rusty, prospects are going to be coming to Georgia's campus when the dead period is ended it ends and now Kirby Smart's got another bullet 
for the gun. He's got another arrow for the quiver here. And he says, Hey, uh, my first full recruiting class just, you know, just kind of had their fourth year on campus. And we just broke a record at Georgia for most players drafted. How quickly you think that one's coming out? I mean, is he going to say it to them before they get to the front door? Oh man, they already sent the edits out. I mean, you, <laughs> and it'd be crazy not to, because that's you know that's the dream of everybody to try to get get those things done and go to that level. And I said this morning, um, and, and on the radio show that you look at Kirby Smart, you look at University of Georgia, and man, it's so talked about, you know, from all different angles because there's so much publicity and so many eyes that cover the University of Georgia from many, many different media markets. You take Kirby Smart, and, and basically, for me, I take 2016 as a wash. He's a new head coach trying to get in there, try to do this. He got in there December of 15. Uh, you get on the trail in January of 2016. So he didn't really get to have that full cycle, that full year. So you take 2016 out, and you look at 2017. From 2017 on, Jake, um, they won a Rose Bowl. They won a Sugar Bowl. They won an SEC championship. They played for two more SEC championships, played in a national championship, won a Liberty Bowl. I mean, if you want to throw that in in the first year, I mean, this, this team is heading in every direction that Georgia fans should want. Now, let's be honest. you got to beat Alabama. That, that's the hill you got to climb. And you got to win in December uh, in, in Mercedes-Benz. I, I think that's the next thing they got to conquer. But when you look at what Kirby Smart's done in four years, and oh, by the way, he just had the most players ever drafted at the University of Georgia. That's saying a ton, and we say it all the time, Jake. You've said it before. I say it. Man, it's Jimmy's and Joe's, and right now they got them, but they got to find a way to take that last step. But where Georgia is right now, four years, basically four full cycles into Kirby Smart, this is, this is, this is as good as Georgia's been. I mean, they, they won the national championship in 80 played for in 82 if you take away that and you look at the history of georgia and a four-year span somebody have to show me a better four years than that yeah it's been awesome you know i mean i think you got two titles i think in a four-year span there with rick so i mean you know that but and then folks want to compare well you know rick was the guy who was ousted for kirby and all that stuff i mean listen rick didn't get ousted for those first you know four or five years those were tremendous and it was it had everybody thinking that the lid was coming off the program at any moment, and that's what's next. That's just the next step. Rick couldn't do it. Can Kirby do it? It'll be interesting to see. By my count, I got one 2016 prospect, Ben Cleveland going in this draft. I've got four 2017 prospects, which was talking about coming out of high school, which was Kirby Smart's first full class. That's Eric Stokes, Monty Rice, Richard LeCount, and Mark Webb. So those four get drafted, and then you've got – three 2018 prospects, Ojolari, Trey Hill, and uh, Tyson Campbell. And then you got the graduate transfer there and, and Trey McKitty, who I kind of count a little differently because he didn't sign with George out of high school. So that's kind of your breakdown there. But, yeah, I mean, listen, every prospect that's being recruited by Georgia will be able to tell you how many guys Georgia had in the first three rounds and how many guys Georgia had in the first in the, in the draft overall uh, just right off the top of their head. And it won't won't take them long because they're going to have it pounded into them, and they're going to know it. And uh, I think Rusty, and I want to I want to get your take on this before the break. Huge, don't get me wrong, absolutely huge to have nine guys taken in the draft total. 
But to me, the the biggest selling point is to have six guys taken in those first 100 picks. Like you had three in the top 50, six in the top 100. That's, I mean, that's massive because when you look, if you want to go down spotrack.com and, and look at the way these guys are slotted for salaries and signing bonuses, those first six picks are going to make a ton of money. And it's, I don't care if a couple of them flame out and just get their signing bonus. You're talking about signing bonuses, you know, upwards of three quarters of a million dollars. So, you know, all of those guys are going to make absolute life-changing money, whether they pan out in the NFL or not. And to me, Rusty, uh, I want to get your take. To me, that's, that's, even, that's a bigger selling point than, you know, than, than how many guys were taken overall. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you did the story yesterday on how the contracts were broke down. Um, and, and you get to a point where dollars and, and those types of things and, and, and um, you get to a point where this new NIL, I could go so many ways with this, this thing, but, you know, dollar bills are, are a big deal when you start talking about potential, what these kids can make and looking at contracts. And, um, you know, I remember talking to Nick uh, Nick Chubb after the draft a couple of weeks later and talking about the difference and going, what, 29th and 30, what do you go, 34, 35, I think, to the Browns? Yeah, he went he went 35. Cost him a million bucks. Cost him a million dollars. You know, well, 500,000 after, after the government gets theirs. But I remember looking at the disappointment, like, man, but 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 Nick's going to make it back up, you know, here probably pretty soon. So uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's all about this, this uh, what you can make and the potential there, but Georgia, man, Alabama did what they did. And I think people are going to be really focused on that, on some discussions. You just throw them out right now because that's they're, they're, they're obviously, especially wide receiver. When you see that picture, I don't know if you saw, did you see the picture of the edit of the four wide receivers in the NFL uniforms? Yeah, I did. And it's crazy. That, and that's what Georgia faced in 2017 the national championship game. I mean, those four guys. So um, I think somebody told me that Alabama uh, those four guys and three NFL running backs and three yeah. NFL quarterbacks, two oh, first right. round quarterbacks, two, two first, first round, round quarterbacks, quarterback. one second round quarterback. Yeah. yeah. So and three uh, running backs, two that were drafted in the first round and one that was drafted in the third. Don't four even go receivers all taken in the first round. Uh, so what both tackles. Uh, so they had my man at Cleveland um, went last year in the Gadget first Wills. round. Then, then Leatherwood. Yeah, Leatherwood. Oh, by the way, who came in for an injured player, who was also drafted in the first round. First round, yeah. <laughs> so they bring a freshman in who went in the first round. So we can throw them out for a little bit. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want to hit on that for just a second, Rusty. Uh, you know, because we had some hand wringing over at the junkyard a little bit about you know Alabama. Listen, Alabama's the envy of college football. I get it. It's a good, it's a good aiming point for everybody. Okay, like. They're the standard, and, and if you want to be the standard, you've got to aim at Alabama right now. It goes right through them. That's just the way it is. It's been that way for – but if you want to start stacking and comparing and success-failure, that's not the way to go. That's, that's, that's dumb, okay? If you're doing that, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to insult you, but you're dumb because Nick Saban, may, Nick Saban is probably the best to ever do it in college okay he's probably the best to ever do it so if you're going to say if you're going to give yourself a pass fail based on you know juxtaposing yourself against alabama 
then that, that's stupid because it, it it's arguably the best tiered 10 year run when you consider the parity of the sport and everything like that going on now, the playoff and all that. It's it's best 10, 12 year run in the history of the sport. And you're sitting there saying, well, if we're not doing as well as them, we're a failure. You got to be kidding me. You can't do that. Aim for it, respect it, aim for it, try to get there, but you can't, you can't compare yourself to it because that you're just, everybody's a failure at that point, unless you're a dynasty, unless you're Nick Saban, unless you've done what Alabama's done and Alabama's done some incredible things, but you know, everybody's still reaching, scratching, and clawing, trying to get there. And and that doesn't mean that anybody that's come close and hasn't quite got there is a failure because that's just not the case. Georgia had nine players drafted, one less than Alabama. I had six players in the top 100, which was two less than Alabama. Um, still really stinking good and a really heck of a draft. So I just I, I had to go ahead and point that part of it out. Yeah, and 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 I'll say this too. We're talking about comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges, those types of things. Our good buddy Seth Emerson, who who's you know works for the Athletic and does stories and on our site and reading, trying to take the pulse of Georgia's fan base from our site. We appreciate that. Call me this morning for a story he was doing. He was really digging in on like J.C. Horn and and that particular one. I said, listen, you know, I know Georgia recruited J.C. Horn, but obviously they were in. You know, on some guys, you know, they were in, Georgia was recruiting Patrick Sertain hard as well as Tyson Campbell. Uh, ended up with Stokes too as well in that class. But, um, you know, when you start talking about Georgia kind of missing on J.C. Horn, who went eighth, you know, first defensive player taken, if I'm not correct, in the whole draft. So you, you talk about, well, look, Alabama didn't really move there and Clemson didn't really move there and Georgia didn't really move there. So it's kind of the other side of that. Yes, this guy was a great football player and wound up being a better collegiate player. And obviously, you know, highly thought of, had a great career, and Will Muschamp did a hell of a job with him. But you kind of say, hey, look, there, there's misses uh, as far as that in, in Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, all those guys who recruit the same guys, especially in the state of Georgia, DB, they all recruit the same guys. So, you know, there, there's the other side of that, too, with somebody like J.C. Horn uh, as far as, you know, people, you know, kind of knocking Georgia. Look, there's a there's a group effort on that one because, uh, listen, kudos to South Carolina for getting him, but usually Georgia, Alabama, or Clemson in this area would have been all over him, and 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 they weren't. And shout out to the state of Georgia here. Uh, last couple drafts, uh, I think state of Georgia's had three cornerbacks taken in the first round uh, yep. with uh, A.J. Terrell, uh, J.C. Horn, and, and Eric Stokes. So, you know, putting out some big-time cornerbacks um the peach state and it's kind of it's cyclical we've covered it for long enough that we know you know this class is heavy on this this class is heavy on that and then uh, you know next next thing you know when you you feel that way uh it, it bears itself out in the nfl draft a few years later and and it kind of goes it's state's not quite big enough to be loaded at every position every year but uh it's it's loaded at a lot of them every year Rusty, let's take a quick break here real quick then we're going to get into a little bit of talk about the 2022 nfl draft and because uh, it's never too early to start talking about that. And then we're going to talk about uh, Georgia's commitment um, over the weekend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Rusty, 2022 NFL draft is, is about a year away. Uh, I don't know if NFL front offices have really started working on it yet. They're probably trying to take them a little vacation, a little Tito's and uh, Tito's and pineapple juice or something like that and enjoy <laughs> themselves for a day or two. Uh, but let's talk about it with me and you. Who's your number one draft-eligible prospect for the 2022 draft? Well, obviously, we don't know who's going to go. I think everybody can come back because of the COVID freebie year. Yeah. But of the guys that are going to be draft-eligible and can come out, who do you think gets drafted the highest? Well, and because he plays this position, and I don't know what how he's going to this next year, but obviously you got to look at JT Daniels and a very what looks to be down quarterback group. Where will he be next year after a full season at Georgia? Can he play himself into a high draft pick? But I think me and you both would agree. You want to go with a safe pick for a first-rounder, Jordan Davis. Um, I mean, this guy is a big-time defensive lineman, um, athletic move, just a problem, double-team guy. You know, you start talking about those defensive linemen and defensive fronts in the NFL, uh, I would definitely go with him. Now, a guy that – um, one more, I'm going to give a bonus pick. I'll, I think I mentioned in three here, but I'll go with one more who could definitely, you know, with a full season, if he put some weight on, would be Adam Anderson because he is going to be – man, he's going to be fast. He is going He is going to work out. Like, he is going to make people like, oh, shoot, this guy's this. He's got to get that weight and keep his weight. And I think a full season there could really, really – you know, maybe propel Adam Anderson to a very, very high NFL pick because he plays number one, another premium position, rushing the passer. Yeah, I, you know, when I look at that, Rusty, I've kind of got to the same two wild cards as you, like JT Daniels and, and Adam Anderson. When I look at them and I say, see, I don't, I don't love Jordan Davis's draft upside. Like, I, I think there's a super high floor there, but I don't see him as a top 10 pick or a top five pick. I don't think he's going to get that high. But I do think, you know, somewhere probably 15, 20 to 50, I feel amazing about picking that window for him. Like, I just don't think he's going to fall very far. Yeah. Uh, but when I look at the guys that I think could be drafted super high, I, I look at Daniels and I look at Adam Anderson because of the things you mentioned, the premium positions and and just their upside in, in general. And I don't know what the edge rusher class looks like out, out of next year, but I know that Adam Anderson can flat get out for the quarterback. And I know I do know about the quarterback class, and it is a lot lighter than this 2021 class. And it's not going to surprise me if JT Daniels is right there with Sam Howell. Is the, I mean, JT Daniels is going to have better measurables just in terms of physical stature than Howell is. Howell's a better athlete. So that's going to probably be a little bit of a debate. Somebody's probably going to come out of nowhere and or, or not necessarily come out of nowhere, but kind of make a move and and join that quarterback group. Maybe two or three guys do it. 
Um, but but I like those two picks. I mean, obviously, I mentioned Jordan Davis. Another guy I'll keep an eye on, and I'll be keeping an eye on really closely because I just think he has as much draft upside as anybody is Trayvon Walker because Trayvon Walker, to me, is the kind of guy yep. that if, if he explodes – and, and, and Nolan Smith's probably in this category too. If they if they just explode, if they come onto the scene, they're both going to see bigger roles in 2021. They're both going to be relied upon a lot of, a lot more. And if they really start to meet their potential because it's through the roof on both of them, I could see both of them flying up draft boards. And that's what makes this next year's draft so intriguing to me, Rusty, is if things go right and Georgia meets expectations, and this 2021 season is what Georgia fans want it to be, Georgia might have one of those Alabama, LSU, Ohio State first rounds because Daniels, Anderson, uh, um, Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker, Nolan Smith, Lewis Seen, you know, you, yeah, Nicobe Nicobe Dean. Dean. Um, you know, I, I did my top 10. I had Nicobe as kind of my 11th guy, uh, simply because of the, you know, I, I just think he's got some things that's going to turn some people off as, you know, the size and everything, but he's a fantastic player. And, you know, inside linebackers, it's a little tough to kind of understand where they go, but not going to shock me if he's a, you know, early day two pick or day two pick in general. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, it could be one of those drafts where you could see Georgia break a first round record because that's at three right now. Georgia's done it a couple of times. I think Georgia might be able to do that um, with the 2022 NFL draft, especially if they have the season that everybody expects them to have. And, and I know you, Rusty, I know you're pretty high on Trayvon Walker, too. Trayvon is a different guy. He's just different. Uh, if he is healthy and he's had some off-season stuff that's really kind of put him back in that, in that wrist and thumb issue a couple of you know a couple of times he's dealt with. If Trayvon goes through this year, this spring, and he is full strength and off-season strength and all that, that's a guy that could definitely be uh, you know. That's going to be one Georgia fans are going to go like, oh, I hope he has a great season, but maybe he stays another year. So we'll see where it goes. But certainly Trayvon Walker, super, super sleeper. I'm telling you right now, and I've already said it one thing, Quay Walker is going to have a really, really good year for Georgia. I mean, he's going to have a good year, and he is a monster dude in person, a lot bigger than people think. So that's another guy that I know for a fact that NFL teams have on their early list to watch. Um, Quay Walker's going to have a good year for Georgia, and I think he could be – one of those guys we talk about a year from now, like where he ended up in the draft. We're going to get fined by the kangaroo court because we didn't even mention Jamari Sawyer, George Pickens. So, um, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we, no, not, I mean, I'm listen, not even a mention. So, we, I mean, we suck. I mean, we should have mentioned them by now. Uh, but yeah, those two as well. I mean, what if Jamari Sawyer is the number one guard with that flexibility to play tackle? He could slap it, so sneak in at the end of the first round or, or early on day two. You know, Pickens, I think a lot of that's going to depend on how that knee heals and how well he runs. Um, because I, I just feel like I feel like one of the things with George Pickens, Rusty, is that it seems like there's such a movement in the NFL to draft speed and quickness and ability to separate quickly. And and listen, Pickens is no slouch in any of those areas. He's not slow. He gets behind defenses, but I just worry that coming off of a knee injury, if he loses a half step and Runs a high four six. It might hurt him a little bit. Yeah, there'll be a lot of eyes on him for sure. But man, ball skills and all that stuff would be interesting. All right, let's talk about Denial and Morissette. Georgia gets a, a four star receiver. Um, how big of a get was that, Rusty, for Georgia in this class? 
I mean, it was a good one. I mean, they, they bigger body kid, you know, he's 200, 205 pounds. Here, here's the thing that which me and Steve and Andrew Robbins talked about the nylon. I said, listen, here's a kid that really doesn't blow you away kind of in that seven on seven setting. Uh, but you know, when I told them, I said, look, man, we got to trust what we saw on tape. And like this kid in pads, he balled out for Brookwood. I mean, he was the guy, you know, coming down from St. Francis in, in Maryland in, in the new name and that first game, he just, and the Corky Kale and just kind of carried over. They had some issues at quarterback, uh, Dylan Lonergan, the 2023 quarterback got hurt. And they missed some games and kind of played banged up. And, you know, Morissette kind of got double teamed after that and just quite wasn't able to finish the season the way he started. But but when they were healthy and going, Morissette was great and you know, very, very tight with Gunner. Uh, they play for Hustle Inc. seven on seven now. Morissette has made since made the move to North Cobb. He's going to play with Malachi Singleton and those guys. A couple of other kids have transferred into North Cobb. I'll let that excite, I'll let that announcement come up soon. But, they're going to open the season versus Buford. I'm doing that game on TV. I can't wait to watch North Cobb versus Buford, Jake Pope, Isaac Bond, all these kids, a lot of Georgia, you know, offers and things. So it'll be all over the place. Malachi Singleton's got a Georgia offer, the 2023 quarterback. So interested in that, but more set big body kid. And um, I just think he's got really, really good ball skills. But man, when you turn the tape on, he just, he just freaking pops. Yeah, it's got got a little bit of that Riley Ridley to him, like sure. that uh that you know, not elite size, but just a, a a good size body, a physical player who to me, you know, you you need that kind of guy. Like you you like having that kind of guy because he's gonna be a good blocker for you on the edge. He's gonna make some 50-50 catches, he's gonna separate at times, he's he's fast enough to get behind you um in play action and things like that. But uh, if you want to check off all the boxes with a receiver class, you're going to need a guy like him in that receiver class. And, and listen, Georgia needs a good one. They need a really good one. I mean, it was it's huge to have a Donnie Mitchell, a Donnie Mitchell, AD Mitchell. I'll figure out. I'll call him by what we need to call him at some point when I get it in my head. But uh, you know, it was huge to have him kind of step up this spring and to show you that in a two receiver class with two three stars that Georgia found a really good player. Um, but, but this next class is going to be a bigger receiver class. You got Kojo Antoine and, and, and Evan Stewart and, and Isaiah Bond and, and, you know, some more speed guys. But, uh, I, I think it's very important that you go ahead and get a guy like Morissette in the, in the fold to kind of get that whole thing started because you're, you're, you're not, you, everybody would love to sign four top notch, number one wide receivers, but it's not going to happen. And it's not just, it's not going to happen very often. And uh, to, to I think that that Morissette is a very good complimentary guy and a guy that can produce. And, and you just never really know what, how these guys are going to develop. Some of these guys get a lot faster. Chris Conley did, got a lot faster in college. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll kind of see how, his, how everything pans out for him. Uh, Rusty, anything else coming on the recruiting front? Is it kind of wait and see now until, uh, yeah. until uh, June? Yeah, spring practice uh, starts up for most part today in the state of Georgia. And uh, games this week. Uh, a couple quick notes: Jalen Walker plays in the North Carolina State Championship. Weird to say, Jalen Walker plays in the North Carolina State Championships on Thursday night. Friday night is Warner Robbins at Lowndes. Vic Burley, a 2023 kid at Georgia, is very, very much in the uh, mix for. So, 
start looking for spring practices, uh, the 14th and 15th. And I think that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 16th, I believe, are all big, big weekends for uh, spring games. Uh, they'll have about two weeks off for graduations and finals, and those types of things. And then June the 1st, I'm telling you, it is the old saying, it's on like Donkey Kong for 30 days. So it, it's going to be – those four weekends in, in June are going to be – Crazy, something like we've never done before, but look forward to doing it. And the spring practice is here, basically. So, I mean, for me, the football season realistically starts today. It's going to look like one of them early America land grabs. You know, people running around with flags, sticking them in the ground, fighting each other. It's going to be wild. <laughs> and uh, I'll be uh, – it'll be fun to see it, man. It's going to be – you know, so many guys have already confirmed they're going to visit. So many 2023 guys, so many official visits are going to happen. Early guys are jumping on that in case everything shuts down again. And we'll have it all covered for you at Dogs 24-7. And uh, listen, if you're listening to this on Monday – Monday's the last day. Get 50% off of a full year at Dogs 24-7. That's six months for free. You get the best recruiting and uh, team scoop out there in the Georgia market, and, and you get it for 50% off. It comes out to $4.48 a month. So 50% off an annual VIP membership over at Dogs 24-7. Come check us out. It, it ends at midnight tonight. It, it's, today is Monday. It ends at 11.59 and 59 seconds. So if you're, if you're listening to this on Monday, run over, join up. You'll get all of the next foot, you get all of this recruiting stuff that we're talking about, this land grab I was just talking about. You got all of that, all of preseason camp, all of the 2021 season, and all, both national signing days, both, you know, the early one and the traditional one. And then through spring practice next year, you get all of that for just what comes out to be $4.48 a month. So come check us out. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. He's Rusty Mansell from the same place. And you guys take it easy. <laughs>